Hey guys, welcome to Peachy Snacks Podcast. This is Casey, your host. And if you're tuning in for the very first time, first of all, welcome. But second of all, what you need to know about this podcast is that it's meant for physical therapists and physical therapist students who are looking to grow your fundamentals, but in bite-sized segments of time. The purpose of all of this, the purpose of this project is really just to make sure that you as a clinician feel like you have some small steps to grow or at least further practice, specifically in an orthopedic setting, without being completely overwhelmed and burnt out because time is limited. We only have so much time in the day, right? To where you have time to be able to recharge and take a moment away from the clinic and have a hobby, spend time with loved ones, all that kind of stuff. And Maybe I don't stress that enough on here, but a lot of times we either are encouraged as as people who are motivated to grow, and if you're listening to this podcast, more than likely you're one of those people to where you just got to grind, 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 grind. And then we get to a point where grind so much that you burn out and you didn't maybe take time to take care of your health or be able to step away and remember that this is a marathon, not a sprint. And so I just really want to encourage you, if you're feeling exhausted, if you're feeling tired, just take a break and you know, make sure that you're focused on an overall goal and you're not just going willy-nilly on what you want and what you're trying to grow towards. So I'm going to get off my soapbox now because that is, uh, that is something I could go on for hours, really. But that's the purpose of this podcast, guys. Just small bite-sized episodes that you can grow on and still be in it for the long haul. Today we're going to talk about the cervical region and something that I think is an important red flag, um, but also important to remember how to do clinically so that, you know, if it is an issue, you're able to catch it. And so we're going to talk about cervical ligamentous instabilities or fractures. And the obvious reason for why we're covering this is, you know, this is a red flag if they have it, especially if you're wanting to do some sort of manual technique that involves a manipulation or something like that. Probably shouldn't do that if they have an instability, right? Um, so it's a contraindication. But this is um, maybe more so helpful for um, chronic neck pain. You'll probably use your Canadian C-spine rules for more acute neck pain, which if you need a refresher, go back and listen to episode 33. But when this patient's in front of you, it may not be obvious on like, oh yeah, they for sure have some sort of instability. And so you may have to rely more on their history. Did they have some sort of trauma? Maybe it was a motor, motor vehicle accident or they had a fall that it never really got checked out, but they've had neck pain ever since. Um, Or maybe take a look at their comorbidities. Do they have rheumatoid arthritis or Down syndrome, things that cause them to be predisposed to a little bit more ligamentous laxity or Ehlers-Danlos? Or maybe they had long-term exposure to corticosteroids, which is common for treatment for systemic problems like rheumatoid arthritis, systemic lupus, erythematosis, or pulmonary conditions. Um, These are all things that may not be so obvious, but may help you to be able to get that patient the help that they need. And then clinically, they might have some midline cervical spine tenderness, um, especially if we're concerned about a more like gross fracture or something like that. 
Um, they may be hesitant or apprehensive or just not be able to rotate their head side to side 45 degrees, or they may lack some ligamentous integrity, which we'll go over tests for in a sec. But before we go over the tests, we need to cover a little bit of anatomy. So in this region, we're talking more about like C1, C2. And the unique thing about this area is that these vertebrae are very uniquely shaped. So C1 is the atlas and rotates on C2, the axis, right? So C1, the atlas, has no vertebral body or spinal process. Uh, however, it fits over a piece of the axis, the dens, which is basically an elongated superior projection of C2. And then around it, there are various ligaments that help basically hold these together so that we kind of protect something important called the spinal cord, right? So you have your transverse ligaments that are that have attachments horizontally at C1 that cover the dens, and then you have longitudinal that come medially from the transverse and attach superiorly to the occiput and inferiorly to the C2. So the longitudinal transverse kind of help to make these cruciform ligaments and then you also have these alar ligaments, and these basically just help to add stability to the atlanto-occipital junction. So these are all things that if we're worried about, oh my goodness, they had whiplash or some sort of um, trauma, we might want to check out these ligaments, right? And so in order to do that, there's several tests. There's two that I'm going to talk about on here. So there's sharp, sharp purser and the alar ligament integrity test. Sharp purser is used to test out the transverse ligament. So if you were going to do this in the clinic, you're just basically checking to see if there's excessive movement of the atlas on the axis, which would be C1 on C2, right? So the patient's sitting, and then you as the PT are going to stabilize the spinous process of C2, the axis, with one hand while the other's on the, the forehead. And then... You, as the PT, are passively flexing their forehead to about 20 to 30 degrees. And then you add a posterior force on the forehead, making sure that you're not putting them in capital extension, right? So there's several positives. One positive would be if there is a cranial movement with force without the axis moving, which means that, you know, they should be moving together. If they're stabilized together, they're moving separately, probably not stabilized, right? Another positive is the reproduction of myelopathic symptoms during flexion when you are bringing them down or an, a decrease in symptoms when you're adding a posteriorly directed movement on the atlas on the axis. Now, they've, in research studies, compared this to lateral extension flexion x-rays as their gold standard and found that their specificity was 0.96 and then sensitivity for 0.69. For the ALAR ligament integrity test, as the name mentions, this, if you were to guess on what it tests, you would be correct in guessing that it tests the integrity of the ALAR ligaments. I know that is mind-blowing to think about. Um, but typically, what you do is you test this in supine. In the research papers, some people will do this in sitting as well. But you're, you stabilize the spinous process of C2 with a pinch grip, and then the other hand is side-bending the patient away from the opposite side of the side that you're trying to test. So it is a positive if there is a delay in movement, which again, 
if they are supposed to be stabilized together, they'll move together. But if they are not stabilized, they're going to move separately from each other. Okay, so hopefully from this episode, you just got a nice review on some causes of ligamentous instability or fracture in the cervical region, and then also how to assess for ligamentous integrity. Now, if you were doing this clinic, after you're doing your subjective, these are things that you probably should do towards the beginning of your exam because you want to make sure that you are safe to move that patient's neck, especially if it's something that is not as obvious, like comorbidity that has caused them to be ligamentously lax in these specific ones. Um, you don't really necessarily save that for the end if you can be intentional about it. Sometimes we forget to do things and that's okay. But you want to make sure that you are screening those things out so that that patient, if they need a little bit more help than physical therapy, is getting that help. Or that patient who may come across as a little bit stiff because their motion might be limited if they're, for example, apprehensive to move or something like that, is not being manipulated or um, doing mobility exercises that are not indicated for, but is maybe falling into stability category where they are getting the correct treatment. So if you have any questions, please reach out at ptsnackspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Instagram, pt underscore snacks. And then if you are in need of some CEUs, check out the link below for MedBridge, offering like 40% off for listeners of PT Snacks for a year subscription, which basically gives you access to thousands of webinars, um, lots of CEU courses, and then also even a patient HEP program where you can put together exercises, give your patient a nice access code. They have access to videos. You can print it out for them. That's what I use in the clinic every day, and it's pretty neat to have. So definitely check that out. It is, a, it is well worth the cost. Use PT Snacks Podcast as your promo code, and you'll get hooked right up. But until next time, guys.